Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and today we welcome our special guest, Simone Butler. Simone is an expert astrological guide with more than 30 years of experience in helping people find their purpose and their passion. She began her career as an LA fashion editor and has since written for many platforms, including the Star Scroll and Tarot.com. Simone's books, Astro Feng Shui, Making Magic in Your Home and Life, and Moon Power, Lunar Rituals for Connecting with Your Inner Goddess, bring ancient secrets into modern living. Simone lives in San Diego with her cats, Max and Nora, and I had the pleasure of meeting Simone in person at the New Media Summit in San Diego. And when I saw her speak on the stage and um, you know indicate her expertise, I said right away, you are somebody I would like on the show. So, so glad to have you here, Simone. Welcome to Wickedly Smart Women. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. So I want to start, Simone, a little bit around what called you to step into the world of astrology and helping people to find their purpose and their passion. (laughs) And while we're having that conversation, is there something in your own chart that would (laughs) indicate that? Oh, yes, definitely. Well, it's not exactly the kind of career that one chooses, maybe nowadays, you know, because it's become much more mainstream. But when I was coming up, it was not even an option. I was a writer, a journalist, an editor. That was my career and still is actually. But, you know, when I really look back at the roots of where astrology came from for me, I had a baby book when I was little that was given to my mom, and it was such a beautiful illustrated book, and there was this horoscope in it that had all the gems and the flowers and the correspondences and the planets, and I used to stare at that as a child, you know, and just be enchanted by it. And then later, my mother used to get the star scrolls, you know, the little scroll used to be able to buy them at the um, supermarket. And she put them in my, uh, my Christmas stockings every year. And who would have ever figured that I would end up working for that company off and on for 19 years, doing phone readings back in the 900 line days, And also working in the office in Los Angeles as an editor for that. They're out of business now, unfortunately. But 
I guess, you know, but where I really started learning astrology, I was living in LA, working in fashion, and this was the early 80s. And oh my goodness, it was a crazy time up there. You know, people were walking on fire and swimming with dolphins and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And a friend said, hey, you want to take an astrology class? And I said, absolutely. And that's where I actually started learning what the real science or art of astrology was. And I started looking at charts of my family members and my friends. And at first I was a little skeptical, not skeptical, but I was willing for it to be a, a load of hogwash if indeed it was, but it was just the opposite of that. And it just took hold of me and I did nothing but study charts and read books and take classes for about five years. And then people started asking me for readings. Mm. So that was about... 30 some years ago. And wow. here I am, it's become my profession. Well, and what's fun is that you, you know, it was all preordained even in your baby book, right? It was yes. right, right there in your baby book. How cool. Yeah. Is that? yeah. And then, oh, to answer the part two of your question, I am what's known as a sun Uranus conjunction. In my natal chart, the map of the heavens on the day that I was born, the sun, which is my life purpose, was conjunct Uranus, which is the ruling planet of astrology. Wow. So, you know, I mean, a lot of Sun Uranus people do find their way to astrology. And so that's the signature in my chart. And it's in the third house of communications and teaching. I also teach. So there it is. Beautiful. Well, I love how deep and ancient the science is, the art and science of astrology is. And What's interesting is to be in a period of time, to be living through a period of time where astrology has been kind of like poo-pooed and pushed off to the side and woo-woo and people think it's crazy, but ancient peoples used astrology as well as astronomy to do all kinds of different things. And I feel like we are also in a, a, a new awakening period where more and more people are reacquainting themselves with astrology and other ancient systems of understanding themselves in the world. Before we started the show, one of the things that you indicated that you wanted to talk about was the world. So can you give us some clarity around not only how people can apply astrology into their own daily lives, but how we can also hold awareness around what's going on in the world and what we can expect and how we can contribute to creating, you know, a more, I don't know, peaceful world, more beautiful world, a more harmonious world. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, that's a tall order. Back in the ancient times, when astrology was much more accepted, in fact, astrology and astronomy were the same thing. They were split off at some point when the rational era came in, you know, maybe the 16, 1700s, they started splitting off into this left brain science of astronomy and then this crazy right brain thing that everybody thought of as hogwash, except for those who realized that it wasn't, right? But in Sumeria, 
Babylon, the Tigris River around that area, which is considered to be the actual origins where astrology began. It spread later to the Greeks. Many people think of it as a Hellenistic art, and it is. But it really began in Babylon back way thousands of years ago. And at that time, it was more divinatory in nature. People would see an eclipse and realize that something was happening in their own lives. There was no separation between, you know, the as above and so below. People were so connected to nature, whether that was the heavens or the earth or their own inner selves. And they read signs. Everything was an omen or a sign. And see, that's the part of astrology that I love so much. And I'm a pagan at heart. A pagan just means of the earth, right? A person who loves the earth. And I think we need to bring this connection to the earth or the world soul, which is the divine spark in matter. We need to bring this back into our lives. And that's where astrology fits in and I think why it's become so much more popular. Part of the reason why it's so popular now is because technology has allowed it to be. And also I think the millennial generation, for whatever reason, has just really picked it up and run with it. There's a lot of very exciting younger astrologers coming up now in their 30s, 40s, 50s. People are younger than me, so I think of them as younger. And really what's happened in the last 10 years is we have rediscovered a lot of the traditional astrological techniques. There were books that were untranslated for many, many years. And then there was a project called Project Hindsight that was done in the 90s in which they literally took these ancient texts and translated them from the Greek or the Roman or whatever they were in and then started working with the principles and seeing what is relevant and what is not relevant to us today. And it has totally enriched our understanding of astrology and a lot of these younger astrologers, at least the serious ones, not the ones that are on the internet that don't even really know how to read a chart because there's people out there like that too. So be careful where you're getting your information. But people like Chani Nicholas, people like Nina Griffin, you know, people like Stephen Forrest, I mean, really good astrologers. These folks are bringing back the traditional techniques and integrating them with the modern techniques going to say and Simone Butler let's add her to the list oh thank you well (laughs) yeah it's funny we don't think of ourselves in those terms but I suppose I've been anything you do for as long as I've been doing this and love it as much as I do you know yes I think that I maybe I do belong in that category thank you you are Um, but you know I feel like I'm I'm heading in a new direction with uh, my own practice and my own work and as you saw with my book Moon Power I'm really, really into the goddess and the moon is a representation or an energy of the divine feminine. And just, you know, before I go any further, I should say as an actionable step, go outside under the full moon and bring her energies into your body. And it'll feel different every month because every month the moon is full in a different sign. And if it happens to be your sign, 
that it's full in or your moon sign. If you don't know your moon sign, read my book. You can figure that out or go to my website. I have a moon sign finder because the moon sign is really important to know along with the sun sign. But that is a simple thing you can do to attune yourself to the cosmic forces. And so I really feel strongly that the goddess work that I'm doing and the divine feminine work, which is a part of astrology, but takes it into broader terms, that that is really more where I'm headed. Mm -hmm. And part of that is involves visiting sacred sites. Mm -hmm. I have been wanting to go back to the south of France for many years. I was there <laughs> in 1983 in Provence, fell madly in love with it and have always wanted to go back. So I finally found just the right tour where they, it's a Mary Magdalene tour where they retrace the steps that Mary Magdalene and Jesus or Yeshua as he was known at the time actually spent time in. And this fellow that's leading the tour goes there all the time and he knows all the secret places. He knows of a fairy grotto that is just like nobody else even knows where this place is. So we'll be visiting these sacred sites where the land still has power. There are many places in the world that were the site for millennia of worship and where the land is still vibrating with the power of either the ley lines of the land itself or the worship that took place there or both. And so this tour in the south of France, I'm hoping, hoping will really help awaken those energies within me because I, I had a goddess experience at Delphi in Greece in 2005 that really changed my life in which the goddess literally spoke to me through the catacombs beneath the temple there at the Oracle of Delphi. And I want to see if the goddess is going to talk to me again at the south of France. Or after that, I want to go to Newgrange in Ireland, which is a Paleolithic site. And I want to go to Glastonbury in England. There's a bunch of places on my list. Beautiful. Well, we're going to take a break now while we are all fantasizing about going to all of these sacred sites. I actually spent uh, some time in the south of France myself in 2004, and I did the Magdalene Cave and was on the land there. And it's a very powerful, powerful place. And yes, I'm sure the goddess is speaking through you all the time, Simone, because you are doing goddess work. So, um, but right now we're going to take a little break, goddesses, and we are going to uh, let you know that we actually could use some help from you. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. And we'd also love to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. And let's shout out this week to Provence, to the south of France. And we will be right back with Simone Butler. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? 
Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Simone Butler. Simone can be found at astroalchemy.com. We will have that information in the show notes for you. And when you go to her site, you can uh, check out your moon sign, as she mentioned before we went to the break, and also possibly reach out to her to get a chart done and a reading so that you can employ this ancient art of astrology to your own life and also how your life fits in with this world soul. So Simone, we talked a little bit about the world soul. We talked about your excitement about really shifting your intent and your work into the direction of working even more intently with feminine power and the goddess power and all of those things. We're recording now at the beginning of 2020, but you mentioned this is a very powerful like portal year of some sort. So for those of you who are listening in 2020, this will be relevant. And if you're listening after 2020, I'm so excited that you're listening after 2020. And, uh, you know, check in with Simone then to see what's happening when you get to, to 21 or 22 or 23. But can you talk a little bit right now, Simone, about this time period that we're in and how it impacts us individually as well as, you know, what's the meaning for it for this world soul that you were referring to? Right. Well, 2020 is, of course, the beginning of a new decade. And I think everybody always has a feeling like, oh, there's this intensity around that. And but it goes far beyond just whatever numerology, which I don't practice, of 2020 may be involved. But basically what's happening this year is we have two major outer planet conjunctions. And the first one is the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which will have already happened by the time this airs. It happens in January. And I'll tell what that is in a minute. But then the, the one that's still coming, which is called the Great Conjunction, which is really more major, is the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius in December. Now, that is what some people are actually calling the dawn of the true Aquarian age. So I'll get to that in a minute, but let's talk first about Saturn-Pluto, which will certainly be coloring the first half of the year, if not even more, because these grand conjunctions, I mean, it happens January 12th, yes, but it's such an intense energy that it will spill out over into the whole year. So in order to understand these energies, you have to understand each planet individually. Saturn is about 
structure. It's about commitment, containment. It also rules the ruling elite or the structure of the world, who government, who's in charge. It's the father. It's the patriarchal or the ruling authorities. And that can be an authority within ourselves as well. Now, Pluto is the god of the underworld. Pluto is about change. Pluto's about claiming your power. And when you get those two together, it's actually what I would call an alchemical process. Because in alchemy, you've got to have a container. And in order to create power, you really need to contain energy. So that's what we're doing this year is we're being asked to contain our own energy, to make a commitment to our own power, to hold our power, to embrace the changes and not be afraid because obviously things are changing in the world and there's some scary things happening. I get a lot of feedback to my blogs. That's another thing I do is I blog at the new moons and the full moons at my website. And I just published one that got a whole lot of feedback. And people are all, you know, they're afraid what's happening, you know, but others are writing me to me saying, this is a great time to be alive. Mm -hmm. And it really is. I got two people in a row that use that exact phrase. And I thought, I love that, you know? So that's the key here is we have to rise up into our own true identity and our own true power, which is not separate from the world. And that's the key thing. We need to reconnect with the world and with the, uh, I mean, Saturn Pluto is happening in Capricorn, which is an earth sign. It has to do with the world. And so reconnecting to our own power in order to be a force for change in the world so that our mother who's screaming at us via wildfires and you know, all kinds of terrible things can get the help that she needs. But she's just out picturing for us what is happening within us. You know, it's a major, major time of handling our inner stuff and our inner fears and putting the past behind us. And a lot of people are afraid to do this. And yet, you know, I, I just had a, uh, I have women's groups at my home in San Diego and there were 12 of us here on Sunday and it was so amazing and thrilling even to hear how each of them, literally each of them was committing to something of great importance in the new year. A lot of people are feeling this. They're feeling like, okay, it's finally time. It's finally time to get rid of this, you know, whatever it is, relationship or job or some old pattern that is just not serving them and hasn't been for years, but or months or however long. And yet they are finally getting the momentum to make the change. And I, I mean, seeing it in all these women and, you know, it was just so heartening. That's the word for it. And I'm feeling the same. And probably you are too. Are you feeling this energy? Oh, definitely. As soon as we crossed into 2020, it was a big shift. I could feel the shift. And I came into the year just 
feeling really, really good because I had done so much cleanup. Last year was a year of closing things off and cleaning things up and revisiting old relationships that had kind of gone sideways and either reinvigorating them or coming to real closure with them. And so, so I would agree that this beginning of this decade, beginning of this year, there's that feeling of, of timeliness and that feeling of solidity of like, there's nothing pulling me back, if that makes sense. And my birthday's coming up in the next uh, few weeks. So I always mark my birthday as well. I'm, a, I'm an Aquarius on the cusp of Pisces. And I always mark my birthday as, as a new start to another new year. I actually personally follow multiple new years. I have multiple new years. I follow the Mayan calendar. I follow the Celtic calendar. I follow the Julian calendar. And then I have my own personal new year on my birthday. So yeah. Well, you'll have to give me your birth information after we get off of here. I should have gotten it before we started. And then I could be telling you where the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is happening in your chart. Because it's important to know. That's what people come to me for, to see, you know, what part of their natal chart is being activated. Like, in my chart, Saturn-Pluto is activating the ninth house of foreign travel. And... It's not just foreign travel, it's teaching, it's writing. I, I know uh, my third book is brewing here, and it's about making a commitment to that. And yeah. so whatever, wherever you're feeling called to make a commit, a deeper commitment and probably have let go of something to make space for it, that you may intuitively be able to figure out right there um, what it is you need to commit to. Beautiful. Well, I am committed to saying thank you to you, Simone, for coming. It's already the end of the show. It happens so quickly. I am definitely committed to the Wickedly Smart Women community, you know, elevating, celebrating, and spotlighting wickedly smart women like yourself. And I definitely would encourage our listeners to go visit Simone at astroalchemy.com. And, um, you know, if you're one of those people who are listening who has any kind of skepticism, you know, give yourself the freedom and the latitude to just try and find out what kind of information this wickedly smart woman might have for you. You know, people do not dedicate 30 plus years of their life to the study of something and not have something of value to offer. So I just really want to encourage you to go check her out there. And we will have that link for her site in the show notes as well. So listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our new listener line. That will also be listed in the show notes. Or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.